And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And I'm so excited today because we have a guest on who I met only virtually, but in a Facebook group. You know, and someday we may actually talk about the importance of Facebook groups because they are getting more and more important, especially in a professional business setting. But I had uh, posted something saying, hey, I'm looking for radio guests, and I met the most wonderful person there. I met Lisa Edwards. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much, Deb. It is a pleasure to be with you this morning. Great. Well, for people who don't know who you are, let me give a little bit of your background. So Lisa Edwards is the CEO of LEK Executive Consultants. She's known as the indispensable job search partner of superstar sales and marketing executives. She is a published writer, a job search coach, and a national speaker on job search topics. Her global practice includes clients on every continent except Antarctica and Australia. Her credentials include Master of Public Administration from Columbus State University, Academy Certified Resume Writer, Certified Job Search Strategist, Certified Executive and Leadership Development Coach, Master Practitioner of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, a Certified Professional Speaker, and Lisa has written hundreds of resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn profiles, and other supporting marketing pieces for executives in a range of fields. In her coaching practice, she works with clients to develop a targeted, proactive job search so they can effectively navigate the complexity and nuances of today's job market. As a master practitioner of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, which is MBTI, Lisa has worked with teams to build communication, leadership, and cohesion. Most recently, she trained the national sales force of the Tops Corporation, you know, those people who do the bazooka bubblegum, on the Myers-Briggs. Another aspect, and this is what we're going to be talking to her about today, of Lisa's practice is building outstanding LinkedIn profiles for entrepreneurs, coupled with the training they need to maximize their effectiveness on LinkedIn. Her approach is strategic, determining the entrepreneur's business goals and showing them how to utilize LinkedIn as a key tool to help them reach those goals. Previously, Lisa was the Career Center Director at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, and at Columbus State University in Columbus, Georgia. So again, welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. I tell you, I get tired every time someone reads my bio. It sounds like I've been really, really busy. Well, and you have the <laughs> alphabet after your name. I know, I know. <laughs> and and it's funny because that's that's. I, let's just jump in. That's a LinkedIn question that I have, and and we're going to talk talk about your top ten simple steps for reaching your ideal client on LinkedIn. But I, I do have a question. As a LinkedIn expert, I want to ask you this. Sure. I have my credentials after my last name, so I have a master um, in science and a, and an MBA. So I have MS and MBA. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I've had some people that love that, 
because they said, wow, we had no idea you had two master's degrees. I mean, and they're just immediately impressed. You know, and I'm right. patting myself on the back. Um, and then there are other people who go, how pretentious is that? What do you think um, is the the right approach to pre- putting credentials? And obviously, PhD, things like that. I mean, I think those should always be there. Sure. But for the ones that people might not recognize or, you know, like MBA. Okay, a lot of people have MBAs. But what, what do you think about putting credentials after your name on LinkedIn? I think that you hit the nail on the head because some people are going to be impressed by it and other people are going to be uh, maybe less so. And I... The reason that I have my letters after my name is I know that people don't know what all those letters mean, but I do explain mm-hmm. it later on. But I think right. that it's setting the stage for my my qualifications to do what I do. So mm-hmm. I really like it. Now, you know, does everything need to go after your name, every credential that you have? Probably not. But I think it can be a helpful tool. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's a really case-by-case basis. I don't think that there's a right. real clear-cut answer one way or the other on that. Well, and in a lot of ways, it generates interest. You know, even if it is just MS and MBA, people are going, well, what does she have those degrees in? Right. Um, you know, you have several of your credentials there. And, and it really did, when I saw your name, I went, ooh, I wonder what those stand for. Exactly. You know, and so it was something that made me go then to your summary to read what it was. And that was the intention. So, so apparently it worked. Yay! Kind of why I do it, yes. Yep, yep. So, you know, we, we talked about the fact that we're really going to be focusing on LinkedIn for entrepreneurs right now. You know, LinkedIn is used by so many people. Clearly it's used for job seekers. And I think we're going to have you back on at some other point to, to talk about that. And then salespeople use it, but entrepreneurs tend to in at least, you know, where, what I have seen is they tend to forget it exists or they think it is just for job seekers or just for salespeople and then in their next breath, they tell me, you know, I'm having trouble making connections. Yes. And I kind of look at them like, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and, and so it is, it's such a powerful tool for entrepreneurs. So that's what I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about today, because I think it is a tool that they really should be using. So let's, let's just jump in. You have 10 simple steps. So what is your first step for an entrepreneur to really utilize LinkedIn. Absolutely. And so some of these are going to be basic and some of these hopefully are going to make the listeners go, ah, I never really thought about it that way. And so that's my goal is even if it is a fairly simple step, I want to put a little bit of a spin on it. And so um, I actually like to go in reverse order. So can we do number Perfect. 10 first and we'll, we'll, okay. keep them, we'll, we'll build the suspense. So number Perfect. 10 is really having that professional photo. And so looking like the professional you are. And so I tell people to take a critical eye to their picture. And do you look like someone? Does that picture look like someone that you would want to do business with? So it needs to be professional within the context of that person's field of work. So, right. you know, what's professional for a physician is very different than what's professional for, say, a professional artist. Mm-hmm. But look like a professional you are. There should be no background noise to the picture and no, no other people, no Photoshop, you know, where there's, <laughs> I've seen a few and you probably have too, where there's like a hand on someone's shoulder. Oh, I love that. The cousin it, you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> Ooh, okay. Exactly. And, and you should look like a friendly, approachable person that someone mm-hmm. would want to pick up and, and, um, and, you know, pick up the phone or, or send an email to. And, and may I say that as we talk about these 10, some of them are 
um, in terms of the house that you build. This is the analogy that I like to use is sort of making sure that you build this great house, which is your LinkedIn profile, so that people want to come to you and people get the information that they need about you when they come to you. And then some right. of these have to do with what you do on LinkedIn. So you stepping out. Okay. So it's kind of incoming and you know inbound and outbound. Um, but in terms of the professional photo, when they get to your profile, they want to, you want to look like someone that they want to do business with. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and my other pet peeve is it's got to be current. Yeah, um, yes. You know, and, and it's funny, especially women, we change our hairstyles. And I'll be honest, my hair is very different right now <laughs> than what it normally is. Um, and and that, that will change back to, uh, because for those who don't know, I've had just a little bit of chemotherapy. So, hmm, yeah, little little billiard ball going on right now. <laughs> um, but, but it's, you know, it, I'm also not out having business meetings. But, you know, women, we change our haircut. We change the style, all of these things. And I like to tell people, if I can look at your photo and pick you out of a crowd, it's a good photo. Yes, yes. And that's a great point because I realized that it was time to update mine in the fall when I had made a connection with a local person here in my town via LinkedIn. We agreed to meet at a Panera, which is a a, a food shop, a sandwich shop Mm -hmm. around here. Right. And she could not, I mean, clearly she, she looked right at me. She did not put it together with the picture. I thought, okay, mm-hmm. this is a, this is, so then I asked someone, a, a colleague of mine, and she said, you don't look like that anymore, Lisa. Right. So, <laughs> I well, and and we're not saying go out and spend three or four hundred dollars. I mean, you know, and, and especially if you're just starting your business, you know, this is for entrepreneurs, you might not have that money to be able to do that. But, you know, camera phones, yes. you know, your smartphone will take a picture that will work. You know, as, as Lisa mentioned, have a, a nice dark, you know, or solid color background, something that's not distracting, and have your friend take the picture. Um, you know, and, and take multiple pictures and ask other people, hey, do you like this? Do you think it's a good representation of me? Because we're so critical. You know, I look at my pictures and go, oh! Exactly. And somebody else goes, oh my gosh, that is the best picture of you I've ever seen. And I look at them like, you yeah, they're they're nuts. But... It, you know, it really is something and it's, it truly is the first impression. It's the first thing that people really look at. And and I should say that many of these, these top 10 steps come directly from the eight components of a complete LinkedIn profile as identified by LinkedIn. And so one of the things, if you've ever looked at your LinkedIn profile and over on the right hand side, there's a little circle that kind of fills up with blue fluid and it Mm -hmm. tells you how complete your profile is. These are the things that it's measuring. And so one of the things that it looks for is, do you have a photo on there? And the reason that it is a part of a complete profile is that LinkedIn's data has shown that the results people get from profiles with a photo are much greater than those without. So it really Mm -hmm. is a must-have. And the other final thing I would say about it is make sure that the picture is sized correctly. I see some people that have little tiny pictures mm-hmm. and it's a waste of it's a waste of space but beyond that you just can't make out the person's features mm-hmm. right and and it should be zoomed in um you know we we don't want to see somebody walking on the beach right. or you know something like that now of course as, as you know as we get a little more mature in our years i want the picture a little further away <laughs> but you know it, it is something that you know with those years hopefully comes knowledge and wisdom 
So I'm, I'm okay with showing that I might have a laugh line or two. Exactly, exactly. Again, it gets back to, do you look like someone that your ideal client would want to do business with? Right. Absolutely. Right. So what is number nine in our 10 simple steps? Number nine is about that skills section. And so that is where you have the opportunity to have people click on and endorse you. And conversely, you can endorse other people. And so mm -hmm. what I want to say about that skills section is that it really needs to speak to your ideal client. And so what I find that many people do is they build that section, perhaps at the beginning of their business, or perhaps they have a, um, a remnant skills section from when they were out in the corporate world. And it now bears little, if any, resemblance to the skill set that they have and want to promote. And so this is a section that needs to be audited on an annual basis. And I did this recently because I thought, well, you know, I, if I'm telling people to do this, maybe I ought to do these things. Myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And to my chagrin, I realized I did not have a single uh, skill uh, addressing my LinkedIn skills. So oh, I no. thought, that's just crazy. And I still had some things left over from when I was in higher education that just didn't serve me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the nice thing about that section that many people don't realize is you can reorder that. So what LinkedIn does is it automatically puts those in decreasing order. So if 100 people voted for something, then that might go first, and then 99 people vote for the second thing, and it goes second, mm -hmm. etc. But you can reorder those things, you can remove things, you can add things. And so take a look at that. And, and here's, here's the next step for me, I haven't done this yet, um, is I want to send out to uh, many of the people I'm connected with, I want to send out a notice and say, please endorse me for LinkedIn because I have, I'm, I'm connected to every one of my clients and I mm -hmm. write LinkedIn profiles for every one of my clients so they know I can do it. And I really want to build up that section because right, I just have a couple people who've endorsed me in that because I just added it. So I want to build it out. So you want to take a critical look at that. Are the skill sets reflective of the skills that you want to promote and that you possess? So in other words, if there's something that's not as big a deal, maybe I'm really, really great at it, but it's a big priority in my business, let me move it down. Because here's what mm -hmm. most people are going to do. They're going to start at the top and they're going to start clicking on things that they feel they can endorse you. And then they're probably going to stop at some point. And right. so the things at the top are going to automatically get more votes just because of its geography. Mm -hmm. So, well, and, and those are, if I'm, if I'm correct, those are the ones that LinkedIn actually suggests, you know, hi, do you know, you know, would yes. you recommend? Yeah. And, you know, and, and so you can, can put those there. Do you, um, you know, do you know about this person's skill in this area? Mm -hmm. You can go ahead and endorse them. And the beauty of endorsing other people is, of course, then you have some real estate. And I'm going to talk about that in, in, in number eight as well. But having real estate on someone else's LinkedIn profile is very powerful in terms mm -hmm. of positioning you as a thought leader in your field. And this is right. one way to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, like you said, if there's a skill there that either you don't like, I've had people who have endorsed me for things, I don't even know what it is, <laughs> or... It's definitely not something that I want to be known for. 
And that was, you know, I don't know if they thought they had a different person or whatever, but, um, you know, I just deleted it. You know, it it didn't need to show up on the the profile. And and people, they don't notice. I mean, it's not like LinkedIn goes back and goes, Deb just didn't like your, you know, it's okay. People are doing this because they want to be helpful. Exactly. Exactly. So, yes, make sure that that continues to serve you. Make sure that it is reflective of your current skill set. And, and, um, um. Feel free to reorder it and send mm-hmm. out notices to people to ask them to endorse you for something if you've added right. something or, or moved something higher up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and, and especially if you're wanting it to get much higher and, and maybe you don't have enough, you know, like we said, people want to be helpful. They'll they'll say, sure, you know, I'll endorse you for that. Absolutely. And then it, it pops it up. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So what is number eight? So number eight is, is perhaps my favorite part of the LinkedIn profile, and, and it's also most often the, the it's either completely lacking from people's profile or it is in, in very small numbers, and that is recommendations. So whereas the skill section is just someone has clicked on that skill and said, yes, she has it, and your little picture shows up, a recommendation is where someone has taken the time to write about you. And this what's so important about this is, is LinkedIn. LinkedIn recommends a minimum of 10, which sounds like a lot. So I'm, I'm going to be happy if you have two or three. But the thing about the LinkedIn, about the recommendations on LinkedIn is that then they are what I like to think of as third party expert endorsements of you. So right. recommendations. So this is someone who presumably has no skin in the game who has said this person's services were fantastic. This person, the product was it was a joy to work with them, you know, whatever the case may be. And and the difference. And so I was I, I have to share and I'm going to actually real quick here. I'm pu- pulling up my own LinkedIn profile. Because I want to read, um, I want to read something. Because I was doing this, uh, doing a workshop recently for a group, and I said, "Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put yourself in the position of someone who is getting ready to make a purchase. And let's just say that that purchase that you're thinking about making is you want someone to write a LinkedIn profile for you, and you found, well, let's say you found a people on LinkedIn that provide that service, and you're trying to decide mm-hmm. which one is the best one." Well, those recommendations can be huge in making right. that difference. And so as, as my computer slowly comes up, so I have, so this is one of my skill sets. We've talked about that, that I write LinkedIn profiles. And so you're looking at my profile and you're thinking, okay, is she really any good? Does she know what she's doing? And then you read, wait for it, wait for it. I'm keeping you in suspense. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about, oh, here we go, here we go. All right. All right, let me find the right one. Okay, so you you find this this woman who says she's an editor, an author, and a creativity coach. Even though I'm a writer myself, I was blocked when it came to my own LinkedIn profile. I can create a story, but Lisa Edwards is the pro when it comes to creating a powerful and spot-on profile. I was so relieved to have her help and thrilled with the result, et cetera, et cetera. Now, right. and then and where it goes on down, and working with fun. Wow, which one might you pick? And 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 when I present when I presented it that way with the group that I was training, they were all like, "Oh my gosh!" They mm-hmm. start started to see the power of LinkedIn, and so these right. recommendations are absolutely huge in that regard. And right. so, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, and when you're and you know, we'll we'll talk about how to ask for recommendations yes. because it's one of those things. <coughs> excuse me, that people. 
there, I, I frequently get these generic ones. Would you recommend me for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's all they say. And I'm thinking, Oh gosh, I don't even remember working with this person. Um, mm-hmm. what were the projects? And so then I end up giving a generic type of recommendation right. and I tell people, no, tell them, Hey, we work together at X company between this date and this date. The project we worked on was, you know, building widgets to the, you know, things like that. Yes. And, and, give them as much information and you can even say, would you mind recommending me at, you know, for the job that I did as the manager or, you know, whatever, because again, people just want to be helpful. So if they're going to give you a recommendation, they want it to be helpful as opposed to Deb was a great person to work with. And I'd recommend her again, yeah, which doesn't help you at all. So absolutely. No. So I tell people there's three ways you can approach this. And one is exactly what you just said. Here was the project we worked together on. I'm hoping you'll talk about my leadership skills. I'm hoping you'll talk about the customer service I provided you during X project, whatever the case may be. The second way of approaching this is to write out something that you think they would say. So some people mm-hmm. will actually say to you, write it out and I'll write. Right. Mm-hmm. So you take the liberty. And of course, you have to be very careful in how you word. So you say something like, I've taken the liberty of writing some things that I believe you would say based on our interactions. However, feel free to edit this liberally. Mm-hmm. So that's the second approach. Then the third approach is to write out what they have actually said about you. So you have a performance evaluation. recommendation right. on Google, um, what is that called? Google. Oh, Google Plus. Google mm-hmm. Plus where you get to, yeah. So, um, or you have uh, something on Facebook that they've written about you. So take that and translate that from some other medium into LinkedIn. And another thing about, about the recommendations is there is a place to do that in LinkedIn. So what many people do is they just send a message and say, would you write about me? Then what, what right. the problem with that is, is that it's sort of outside the system. And so uh-huh. it, it doesn't come back into that session. Right. So if you do it, and this is all for people who don't know where I'm talking about, if you go in the upper right-hand corner of your profile, your picture and a little thumbnail, and if you hover over that, you get a drop down, you go into privacy and settings, and there's a, it'll say manage your recommendations. And, and that is the place to do this. So it will say, uh, what do you want to be recommended for? Which job? Um, it'll, it'll allow you to put multiple names in at one time. Now, I always do it one at a time because, as you said, we want to be very strategic with each person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to send six people the same email and say, write about me. But I do it in there, and then the beauty is it knows when a recommendation has come in and when one is still outstanding. So I could go in two or three weeks later and see, oh, Sue still hasn't written. Let me send her a reminder. John hasn't done right. it. And I can keep track of it that way. And that is, mm-hmm. by the way, the same place that you give recommendations, which I want to cover mm-hmm. as well. Right. So, so that's kind of the place to do this. And what I want people to think about is what is their brand? What are the components of their brand? And who can speak about those components? So if I'm thinking about my own business, I'm thinking, okay, one of my excellent results I provide for my, for my executive clients. Another is my speaking ability. Another one is my ability to facilitate MBTI. So I'm going to put all of that together and I'm going to actually write that out and I'm going to say, okay, I want two people to speak about each of those components of my brain. Mm-hmm. The reason I want two is that I might only get one. 
because typically you're going to get about a 50% response rate. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I have double the people in each of those brands, I'm likely to get somebody who's going to write about that. And then in total, the idea is that these recommendations all tell my story. They don't look like they are all from different people. You know, in other words, it looks like it doesn't even make sense when you put it together. They're all completely disjointed. But at the same time, I don't want, I don't want 10 people saying the same thing about me. Mm -hmm. So the analogy I, I use is it's sort of like putting you in the middle of the room and photographing you from 10 angles. It's still you, and we can still tell it's the same person, but we're seeing different sides of you with each photograph. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Absolutely. And then, Perfect. And then going with the giving recommendations, we, we wanted to address that as well. So mm -hmm. equally important is you giving recommendations to others. You do not have to be asked. I've never had anyone turn a recommendation down that I've written. So you can go into that same section in LinkedIn and just write because, of, because someone has given you great service or you supervise them and they were a great employee. The beauty of that is not only are you helping the receiver of that recommendation, you are giving yourself prime real estate on that. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is huge. So I think I've, I've given probably nearly twice as many recommendations as I've received. I think I've got mm -hmm. close to 20 that I've received and over 30 that I've given. And so right. I, I want to be listeners to do the same. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, if somebody asks you for a recommendation, you do want it to be a, a good one. And I mean that in the way that, you know, I've, I've had people who I really don't feel qualified to give a recommendation for, you know, maybe, well, I've, I've had people who I don't even really know who they are. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and so I've kind of gone back and forth with them thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm just forgetting something, but you know, I, they, and, and I actually had one person that said, well, we just wanted your name on our profile. Uh. And I said, well, thank you, but it wouldn't be a valuable recommendation. Right. Um, and they certainly didn't want me to lie or anything like that. But, you know, it, so it, it does need to be something. So it's, it doesn't always, you know, reciprocal doesn't always work. No. Because maybe, you know, maybe you're getting a recommendation from somebody who took one of your seminars. And, you know, you, you can't give them one. Right. Maybe you can later. Um, you know, and, and, but that, and that tends to be the tricky thing. I've had people say, well, I don't want to give one if, or I don't want to ask for one if I can't give them one. No, it's okay. It all balances out. Absolutely. Right. My clients can't, I can, I cannot give them recommendations. I have not right. seen them perform their jobs, but they can mm -hmm. certainly give them to me. So right. it absolutely right. balances out. Great. Well, let's move on to number seven in our top. All right. So, Number seven, we want to join groups on LinkedIn that put us in front of our ideal client. So most of us have joined groups that, that um, match us up with colleagues in our profession. So I belong right. to groups of resume writers and career coaches and all of those kind of things, and that's great. But what I also want to do is be in groups that put me in front of job see executive job seekers. Mm -hmm. I, those are my, those are my people. And so right. what are those groups? And so you know, there's so many groups on LinkedIn, do some searches. And that's another section of your profile that I recommend you audit annually. So if you belong to a group that isn't serving you, maybe it sounded good when you started out with them, but the posts have been irrelevant to you and uninteresting and, and off topic, go ahead and get out of those. 
and then maybe there's some new ones that you want to join that are that are more on point for you but but take a look at who and, and of course this all boils down to Devin I'm sure you've had people on here who've talked about finding your ideal client and knowing mm-hmm. knowing your target audience you have to know who that is in right. order to know what groups would get you in front of them but that's a big one mm-hmm. well and it's something that I think is probably one of the most underutilized things. You know, it, it kind of was in vogue there for a while to join as many groups as you could, mm-hmm. but then you never participated. Right. Well, you know, that's kind of like joining a chamber of commerce and never attending or, you know, all of those things. You get out of it what you put into it. <laughs> um, now, it's not the place to be, hi, I'm Deb Creer and I do this and this yeah. and this and you could buy this from me. You know, if it's appropriate to insert into the conversation, but still be very careful about that. Absolutely. Because people aren't in those groups, you know, they, they might say, hey, I'm looking for a resource. And so gently say, I might be able to help you offline exactly. you know, or something like that, as opposed to, well, I have this 10 step seminar and, you know, um, you know, because yeah, that group manager might go, oh, you shouldn't be here. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's one of the ones we're going to talk about in a moment, just in general, the notion of developing these relationships first before you try to sell anything to mm-hmm. anyone. And I'm, I'm so turned off and I'm sure it's happened to you as well, Deb, where you have accepted someone's invitation on LinkedIn and the next thing you ah. see from them is a a, a a mass email selling me something and it is such a in all caps yes it is such a turnoff <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't understand in, in 2016 why we still think that that's a good idea but right well and the other thing that that is my pet peeve about groups and you know it's just one of those funny little pet peeves is the fact that I see people who you know we all have once you start really building your network, people who are in several groups, you know, together and, and things like that, and they will post the exact same thing. I mean, word for word in every group they belong to. So then I get 10, 15, uh, however many notices. Yes. And it, you know, it, it might very well be a great topic for every one of those groups, but word it differently. You know, take the five minutes to, to word it for that specific group. You know, maybe there's a way, you know, because each group is different. Otherwise, you know, why, why have all these different groups? So make sure that you have personalized it for that group. It's kind of like, you know, when you get the, the mass email, dear sir. Okay, really? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and, 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 and I don't read past that point. So when I see that somebody is clearly just going to every single group they belong to, cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste, I'm like, okay, whatever. And, and I don't even read it. Absolutely. You know, it's, I had to laugh when you said the dear sir thing because I recently did a request on Fiverr for something. And mm-hmm. two or three of them, dear sir. And I, uh-huh. immediately, I didn't care what they had to say after that. I was not interested. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, it's kind of one of those simple etiquette things. And, you know, if, if you're somebody who has a name like Jean or Bobby or, you know, whatever that, that could be either, then, you know, say, sir or madam. I mean, you know, but anyhow, we, we digressed. Absolutely. Well, that was okay. I'm, I'm good with tangents. <laughs> well, but you know, it's, it's also important and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming we'll get to contacts, but when you're asking for the contact, make sure you've got the right sex in there too. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We we won't jump ahead. But what is number six? So number I like to call expertise by association. And so think about who are the top, top thought leaders in your field. Okay. And you want to be 
following them. You certainly want to be connected to them Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. You want to be following their businesses, following their posts, those kinds of things. Um, Now, someone, I'm very careful when I say this one because someone questioned me one time about, doesn't that make you look like more of a follower than a leader? And I said, no, I think you're not thinking high enough. So I'm talking about, for example, in, in the resume world that I live in, there are two goddesses who have written every book there is to be written about resume writing. Their training is the top credential. It's the credential that I have. And so mm-hmm. I want to be affili- affiliated with Wendy right. and Louise on LinkedIn. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for some people it's, um, it's um, you know, if you're, in the, if you're in the financial world, it might be Bloomberg. But it's mm-hmm. those kinds of people. Um, so the, the, the concept or the thought process is that if you follow those people, then you probably think like them. And so if I right. know, if I like the way Michael Bloomberg thinks, or I like the way, um, you know, Susie Orman thinks, or whoever it is, I'm probably going to agree with your approach to, to the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Plus, they have great information. I mean, there's a reason they're experts. Right. And so I'm sort of, it's saying that I'm sort of keyed in, I'm sort of uh, attuned to what's going on. I'm current in my, in my training and in my thoughts. Um, I'm not just isolated. You know, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can become very isolated in our businesses. And so that's a nice way to show that I am still very aware and very current in my skill set. Mm-hmm. How important is it then to, you know, actually be watching what they post and comment on their posts. Oh, absolutely important because that's really showing that association. So you're really getting that expertise by association. Um, being able to, you know, agree with a great point that they made or, or maybe dig a little deeper on a point, those kinds of things. That's really important. Well, and it's important, too, to not just say, ooh, great post. Right. Um, you know, show them that you might be a thought leader, too. You know, maybe they did a, a, a financial tip. You could say an example of that that I saw was blah, 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 yes, blah. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, now you're, you're not wanting to take over the conversation. I've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. You'll be very careful of that. But, you know, wow, what would happen if you attracted their attention? Right. And you don't want to come across as argumentative either. You want to you want to agree with what they're saying. If you do, of course, you want to be mm-hmm. genuine, uh, but maybe take it a step further. Right. Well, and, and if you disagree, you know, there, there are certainly ways that you can do it in a polite way. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing to, to really remember for the, the people listening. This is LinkedIn, folks. This is not Facebook where you can get a little edgier. I don't like that when that happens, but you know, it's, you need to be professional and business oriented. you know, I, I always liken it to, if you're talking to them face to face, what would you say? It's the same thing as if you're writing it in the post, you know, if you, you you know, you certainly wouldn't disagree with them vehemently and call them names (laughs) to their face. Anyhow, hopefully you wouldn't, um, you know, and, and so it's, it's okay to disagree as long as you're polite about it. And I think if you step back before you post anything, before you send anything and say, does this serve my brand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or or am I just wanting to get my name out there? Right. Okay. Maybe not. Right. Exactly. Great. Okay. So what is number five? All right. So we are now in the top five. And number five is to add value before selling. And we talked a moment ago. 
And so what I want you to think of is when you connect with someone, that's really step one in this process. And for many people, that's the first step and the last step. And they sort of hoard their connections. You know, I have, I have all these people I'm connected to. Well, what are you dealing with them? Well, nothing. So I want you to think of this as the first step in a, in a relationship or a journey that you're taking with these people. And depending on who that connection is, what you think might happen between the two of you, is this a potential top client? Mm -hmm. Is this a potential joint venture arrangement? Where does the person live geographically? Are they in my neighborhood or across the world? You might do anything from let's schedule a phone call to a coffee meeting to um, I just want to tell you about some connections that I have that maybe would benefit you that you might want to connect with on LinkedIn. Here's a group that I belong to that you might want to join. Here's a, here's a meeting going on in our town that you might not know about. Right. Uh, so there's all of those kinds of things. I think we, we came up in a, in a meeting I was having one day with about 12 great next steps. So the right. point is that you're, you're creating a plan for furthering these relationships. And so set aside some time, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, however much you can spare. And as part of your, you know, so set this aside for LinkedIn. So some of the things you might do in, in that time is connect with people, but also further the relationship with those you're already connected with. Right. And it's definitely a relationship. You know, when we talk about adding value, it's not adding value to them by selling them something. Um, you know, we, we mentioned it before, we've all gotten those uh, responses to a request to connect where, you know, they immediately jump in and try and sell us something. My favorites are the ones that want to sell me what I already do. <laughs> you know? And it's like, uh, you know, and, and I've actually gone back to them and said, you might want to rethink this process because you clearly didn't even look at my profile. You know, I don't want to be sold on how to do social media training because that's what I do. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and then, you know, it's, I, they, they of course never respond because that was something where they're either embarrassed or they don't care, you know, right. they, and, and it may not even be the person. They may have uh, hired somebody to do things for exactly. them, but you know, the, yeah, value is not, here's what I'm going to sell you. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's meetings, informational articles, all those various things that will benefit them. Exactly. And then if down the road, the opportunity presents itself, if I find out in two or three months time that this person really needs their LinkedIn profile improved, um, of course, I'm going to know that right off the bat because I'm going to look at their profile, but maybe, maybe three months down the road, they bring it up. Right. Well, it's going to be, they're going to be much more likely to purchase from me mm -hmm. if they brought it up rather than if I right. was trying to sell to them. Right. Because by that point, they like you and they trust you. They know, like, and, and trust you. me. And yeah. that's what it's all yep. about. Absolutely. So what is number four? So number four in many ways should be number 10, not because it's the least important, but because it sort of sets the framework for everything else that we've been talking about. And number four is know your ideal client. So you want to know that person's wants and needs. What are their pain points? What gets them up in the middle of the night? What keeps them from going to sleep at night? What is the voice as you, as you write your profile or have it written for you? What is the voice that best speaks to them? So one of the questions that I ask my clients is when you think of the intersection between your ideal client and you, because I want you to still be authentic, what is that voice? Um, 
my my natural nature. I'm I have I use a lot of humor with my clients. I have a little bit of humor in my summary, but I'm not going to go overboard because right. they don't know me yet. And I introduce mm-hmm. that humor as I feel it is appropriate to do that. But I'm not going to be completely humorless because that wouldn't be authentic to me. I have mm-hmm. a lot of clients who are in the council. Great example. I'm working with a woman right now who counsels women who are victims of rape, abuse, and incest. Now, there is really no, no humor. humor. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Ew. Very somber and serious. I've also worked with a lot of attorneys. <laughs> we don't really need our attorney to be a stand-up comedian. We need no. a person to be effective at what they do. So uh, the other thing that I like to say about knowing your ideal client is that that knowledge should carry from the very top of your profile down to the bottom. And so if you don't do what I like to call Mr. Potato Head, um, and a great example was a client that I worked with last year. She needed me desperately and we fixed these problems. But when, when I came to her, I looked at her profile and she was working in a state agency. I'm, I'm here in Tallahassee, Florida, and uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I live here, um, uh, you know, the state capital. So a lot of state mm-hmm. jobs. So she had a state position, but she was also a, a life coach and like a health and wellness oh. coach on the side. Mm-hmm. And so her, her tagline, which is the, this, the phrase that goes right up underneath your name, at the top, talked about her being a health and wellness coach. Her summary was all about her work in government. And then right. down at the bottom, in her, and all of a sudden we introduced that she sold, I think it was Mary Kay or something. Oh, and then her, well, that's confusing. <laughs> was Mr. Potato Head. That's, she was. was the one, that was when I initiated that concept of Mr. Potato Head. It was really, that's what she had. And she was so thrilled with the result when mm-hmm. we pulled all of, and it wasn't that I was eliminating any parts of her but they had to come together in a cohesion so now all of a sudden all of the training that she had done all over the state of florida for for people um through her state agency now allowed her to be a better trainer and coach right so it 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 fed it so there was was a cohesive story there so make sure that you have your ideal client in mind as as you write or again have it written for you that's- well, and that's that's where it gets tricky, especially for an entrepreneur who may have completely changed career paths to go after their passion. Right. Um, you know, and, and or maybe they retired and now they've gone back to do something. And, and so it takes sometimes it really does take working with someone like you to, to work through that process to say, OK, how do I get from I was employee at ABC company to now I'm running this fabulous restaurant and you know, there's, there's lots of ways, you know, there's anything and everything in there that comes But sometimes we don't think of it that way because we went, Ooh, well, I didn't like that job. I wanted out of that field, but you still got skills and expertise from those uh, positions that you can carry forward. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head that it, it oftentimes takes someone who is a an impartial observer to come in and say, here's the threads that I see running through this story and, and, mm-hmm. and make sense out of it. Absolutely. Right. Well, and knowing your ideal client too, you're writing everything for them. You Absolutely. know, it's not, and it, it still has to be first person. You know, I'm, I'm oh, one of yes. those people, I am not a fan of third person oh, no, uh, LinkedIn profiles. 
I, I can always tell when somebody else wrote it for them because they'll say, Lisa Edwards does such and such. Well, you know, I, I like it to be like if I were to read it to you or, or be saying it to you. LinkedIn's recommendation so is that yeah. you sound like you are sitting across the right. desk yeah. telling And I'm not going to say, well, Deb Creer did, you know, such and such. Right. Um, unless I'm just really strange. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and I one of the things I have found, too, is it's it's very hard for women to talk about themselves. I had to have someone else write my profile. And, you know, and, and it was somebody who knew me very well. They, uh, you know, they, we, we went through this process where, <coughs> excuse me, he, you know, we did kind of do this. Who am I targeting? All of those things. But then, and it was a man, which I found very interesting. He used words to describe me that I would have never used, but they were right. Yes. Because women downplay ourselves. Oh, yes. You know, and, and that is sometimes where it really does help to have someone like you who can come in and write those profiles. And then you look at it and go, wow, that's me. Woohoo, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the perfect example is the, it, when I talked to her, the author, here she is a writer, an author and an editor, and yet she couldn't mm -hmm. write her own profile. And mm -hmm. one of the fun things that I did with her is as I got her information from her, I found out that she has a love for all things 60s, the music, the politics, oh, how fun. everything about mm -hmm. the 60s. And in fact, her picture on her profile kind of looks like she's got a 60s shirt on. It works. Trust me, it works for her. Mm -hmm. And so as I was writing her summary, I thought, okay, I'm going to really take a risk here. And I, it may fall flat on its face, but I'm going to insert things like and cool and and I, tell, and I start by saying, you know, I'm a writer. But I knew that the bar was high for her because she's mm -hmm. an author right. and an editor. And this thing had to really speak to the readers. Mm -hmm. She loved it. I and bet. would have never thought of that. No, no. Because she would have thought, well, that's pretentious or silly or whatever. And it turned out really great. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, you know, so we know our ideal client. So now what is number three? Okay, so number three is that tagline. So that's the 120 characters that you have that goes up right underneath your name. And what mm -hmm. most people do now, entrepreneurs tend to be a little better at this than the corporate folks who put, you know, I'm a vice president at such and such company. Well, mm -hmm. you know, it says that right underneath there. So first of all, you're wasting space. But second of right. all, that's not you. That's your job. Mm -hmm. And so your brand needs to be... Your, your tagline needs to be your brand encapsulated. Mm -hmm. and so I've given it, I've got a couple examples here from, from ones I've written. So Great. here's, here's one who was a life coach. So she says, uh, her, her tagline says nationally recognized speaker, author, and life coach, positive and compassionate voice for women, cancer survivors. Wow. Right there. You know, exactly what she does. Exactly. You know, who her target audience is. Here's another one. Business development man sales coach, your partner in catapulting sales and making your business remarkable. Perfect. Yeah. And it's amazing that that all happens in 120 characters, mm -hmm. it, but that's actually a lot of space to do what you need to do. And right. so that tagline needs to that ideal client in and, and, you know, had me at hello kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They want to read your summary. They want to see more about you because that tagline has pulled them in. So that's one of the most wasted pieces of real estate on the LinkedIn profile. And here's one of the reasons that it's so important. When you travel on, you go to post on 
one of the groups that you belong to. You go to put a recommendation on someone's profile or you endorse them. Your three things go with you everywhere you go, your name, your picture, and your tagline. Mm -hmm. So those three pieces of information, are, which are all right up at the very top of your profile, are really the most important. And that tagline needs to pack a punch. Well, and here's a little ninja trick that I always like to tell people. It goes somewhere else, too. It goes to that big guy named Google. Yes. So if I look for you by your name and your LinkedIn profile comes up, your tagline comes up. And, you know, I really, it's nice that you're the CEO of LEK Executive Consultants. It doesn't mean anything to me. Right. But if it tells me more about you, I'm like, ooh, this person I need to check out. Exactly, exactly. So make sure that to the very best of your ability, you are telling your story in your tagline. Cool. Well, what is number two? We've got to kind of get through these because I want to make sure we get all of them. So what is number two? So number two is having a great summary. And the Uh summary is 2,000 characters. You've got a Mm -hmm. lot of real estate there. And oftentimes, Whereas people are not likely to read your professional experience section word for word, if your summary is great, they will read it because it really mm-hmm. is your story. And we've spoken a moment ago about making sure that it is first person. It is speaking directly to your ideal client. So I use words like you. Are you struggling with this? Not, you know, a second person or a third person or whatever it is, but I talk directly to my my target audience. I mm-hmm. want to include stories in there. So those stories can be anything from a client that I helped to a problem that I've solved to, um, in some cases, I will tell the story of how my client got into their business because ah. for many people that, especially if it's a heart-centered business, there's a very direct right. connection there. But I want to tell... Well, and for a new entrepreneur, that's probably a great thing. Absolutely. So I'm going to tell that story. And then I like to add a little bit of personal information. So here's what I know about LinkedIn is my clients will often tell me that when someone contacts them through LinkedIn, they will often say, I also a dog lover, or I saw on your profile that you show horses, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's some, as long as it's not overly personal, could be, mm-hmm. you know, I, tra- I had one client and he wanted to talk about how many countries he traveled to. And so we did that, uh, animals, hobbies, sports, mm-hmm. those kinds right. of things. And I, and I typically will put that in a final paragraph. So I've gone and I've, I've told your story. And then the last paragraph of the summary says, and on a personal note or outside of work, I'm passionate about X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z. It doesn't take up very many characters. It doesn't use up a lot of real estate, but it's just a nice way to make you human and kind of right. wrap up your story. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, excuse me, it's, it's a a way of connecting with people. Like you said, they might go, wow, I love dogs too, or I'm a skier or whatever. And then you, you, you know, it gives you something to talk about with them. You know, we, we talked about adding value, all those things, you know, you might not be selling them your product, but Hey, you're telling them about a great new ski product or, you know, a new fishing pole or whatever. Exactly. And as you're trying to connect with people that you don't already know, and we're going to get there in just a moment, you know, if you see something on a profile, let's say this is someone that you really want to do business with, a way to invite them to connect with you is to establish a common bond. 
And so mm -hmm. maybe it is that little bit of personal information. Was thrilled to see that you're also a an accomplished skier. Let's connect. Mm -hmm. It just establishes a relationship, gets that connection going. Right. Okay. Well, we've got five minutes left. So what All is right. the top thing, which I know we could talk about for an hour. I know. But what is the top thing that people really need to make sure they're doing on LinkedIn? Well, you've tried, probably figured it out by the lack of it so far, and it is those connections. Right. So absolutely, I tell people that your best friend on LinkedIn should be the advanced search function. Because mm -hmm. I want you to live in there. And so that's up at the top. There's a bar, a black bar across the top. And you can search, depending on whether you have a free or a paid account, you can search on any number of criteria. So start getting creative. Think about places you've worked before. Put geographic, you can put zip codes in there and see who's in your zip code that you know. What about companies perhaps that you didn't work at, but companies that you know a lot of people at? Uh, mm -hmm. Put in keywords. If you know a lot of people in your industry, put a keyword or a job title in there and see what pops up. So just start really actively pursuing those connections. And and here's what I wanna what I want to emphasize about the connections. So you've probably heard minimum of 500 connections. That's part of what makes you have a complete profile. Mm -hmm. What is what that's about is by having enough connections your footprint on linkedin is large enough to affect some results to affect the results that you want on your profile because the more people you're connected to the more second level connections okay so here's what happens if i'm looking for let's say i want to search for um, an attorney i want to let's say i want a a, a will wills and trust in a state so the first thing that I'm going to put in, you know, I'm going to put that in as sort of a keyword search. The results that I get back, the first people are going to be my connections. So the people I'm already connected to that have that skill, wills, trust. The next thing that's going to come up is the second level connections. Those are the people that are one-off. So I'm not connected mm -hmm. to them, but someone that I know is connected to them. Right. And then the very last ones that are going to come up are the third level connections and everybody so the second level connections of, along with your current connections really comprise your footprint i want to give i want to give the listener sort of an example to really hit home so when i did this webinar recently with um, with this gentleman uh, here in my town i looked up how many connections he had on that day and he had 321 mm -hmm. connections which is not bad kind of on the small side but 321 his second level connections, so his footprint, was 131,555. Right, that's pretty good. That's not bad until, mm -hmm. until you hear my first connections, I have, four, this is as, as of yesterday, 1,488. So let's just say mm -hmm. 1,500 connections. Right. Mm -hmm. My second level connections, or my footprint, 1,079,387. Right. Which means it's pretty easy for you to find somebody to, to reach out to. And for people to find me as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I did the math on that. So he, four times the number of connections that he has. I had eight times the size of my reach on LinkedIn. Right. So there's, there's a great exponential thing that's happening mm -hmm. there. And having second level connections makes it really easy for you to invite them to connect with you. 
because mm-hmm. you can say, hey, we both know Deb. Let's mm-hmm. connect. We both know John. Right. We both, whatever, whatever that, that commonality is in between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I encourage you to actively pursue people to connect. And then also, I get a lot of questions from clients um, and people who attend my webinars about, should I accept other people's invitations connect? And my, my philosophy is to be very inclusive about that. So mm-hmm. unless the person gives me a compelling reason, they have no connections, they don't have a picture, um, they're from maybe a country that I don't necessarily trust, there's mm-hmm. just something sketchy about their profile, right. I'm going to connect with them. Mm-hmm. Particularly if I see them as a second level connection, because if I see that who we have in common is a an old client of mine, then I'm going to assume that probably that client has said, hey, you want to reach out to Lisa, she's great. So, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes that is the case. So I do accept those connections unless I have a compelling reason not to. Right. right. So, so bottom line, you want to connect not only with the people that you know, but the people that you want to get to know because they, that you might want to do business with them, you might want them as a joint venture partner, whatever the case is, be sure to customize your invitation. Don't just generic the thing. Um, just put in there how you know the person or how mm-hmm. what you have in common, whatever the case is. And then I like to follow up after someone connects. I'm, thank you so much for connecting with me. Uh, if there's anything I can do for you or whatever the case may be, I like having a couple of different templates that I can use mm-hmm. for those, those kind of thank you emails so that I don't have to recreate them every time. Right, right. And, you know, and, and like you said, you can personalize it to, to whatever degree you need. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Well, huh, you know, <laughs> an hour just goes way too fast. And so speaking of connections, Lisa, how do people find you and connect with you online? Well, they can do it a number of ways. They can reach out to me via email, E-S-A. I, it's pronounced Lisa, but it's spelled differently. L-E-S-A mm-hmm. at L-E-K consultants, that has an S on the end, dot com. Mm-hmm. They can find me on LinkedIn, which I would love for them to connect with me. And that's Lisa, just look up Lisa Edwards. Now, there are many of us, even with the L-E-S-A spelling. So if you want to put in L-E-K executive consultants uh, for the company, you'll find me. Right. Um, and uh, those are two really great ways to get started reaching out to me. Perfect. Well, and you've got great resources on your website. So what is your website? It is L-E-K executive consultants.com. Perfect. Well, Lisa, as I mentioned, we will have you on again because I really want to do a program specifically for job seekers. You know, I think now it's become one of those things where we think, well, everybody knows how to use LinkedIn if you're a job seeker. Well, no. nah. <laughs> you know, and, and so we, we definitely need to have you back on again and we'll do that sooner rather than later. Right. That sounds fantastic, Deb. Perfect. Well, I've been having a great time talking with Lisa Edwards. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.